the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week we continue our series on growing. In this sixth part we look at fruitfulness. The main reading is Colossians chapter 1. Amen. So we are still looking at our, our lives and um, maybe in a couple of weeks we may uh, just get a little bit personal and see where we are. Because, you know, God wants us to grow, isn't he? It's one thing, God is a God of increase. God is a God of fruitfulness. And that's what we look at tonight. We were looking at our root system the other day, didn't we? Going back, making sure our roots are right. Planted last week, planted in the Lord, planted in his love, planted in the house of the Lord. Tonight we're going to look at fruitfulness. And it's was more with the emphasis on unfruitfulness. And um, making sure we're not unfruitful. And that's really important. Um, but God's heart... Uh, we must see God's heart uh, that he wants us to be fruitful. Bless the Lord, because it gives him glory. We read that in John 15 the other day. It brings him glory, and uh, that's why he's created us. He not just created us uh, for heaven. Bless the Lord, we come in there. But he's created us to, to show him, to be his uh, ambassadors. Um, and so we see right at the beginning of the, uh, the, the, the word, see God's heart for humanity. God's blessing. Uh, Genesis 1, 27 to 31. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given you every bird bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the, of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So we see, we see there f- five blessings, isn't it? Fruitfulness, uh, multiplication, um, subduing, dominion, and um, what was the other one? Subdue, dominion, and replenish. replenish. And you'll find those words, be fruitful and multiply. You go through the Genesis and you'll see that time and time again. Fruitfulness, that was God's heart. It's always God's heart is to be fruitful. Of course, in the Old Testament, it's dealing more with the material, with the physical, with things and the temporal. When we come into the New Testament, it's far, far greater. It's spiritual characters, our relationship with him. And it's eternity we're dealing with, isn't it? That's what we're looking for then. There's the shadow. Now we come to the reality in the New Testament. But we see there when God is blessing, when we are walking with him, bless the Lord's fruitfulness. And uh, let's read only one verse for you, Josh. Exodus 1, verse 7. Um, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous the lands was filled with them. Fruitful, and, and, and of course, then the Bible says another Pharaoh rose up, didn't know anything about Joseph, didn't know, and he thought, look at this. He said they are multiplying, they are blessed. We've got to put a stop to this. 
or we're in trouble. Um, but we see when the Bible is very clear in, in Leviticus, Deuteronomy, you can find them all. When they were walking with the law, when they were walking in covenant, when they were following the law, when they were obedient to him, fruitfulness was guaranteed, wasn't it? Remember in, in, in Deuteronomy, he says, here's the blessings. If you follow me, but let me tell you, if you don't, the curses are here. And of course, God's heart was to flourish and to, and to, to make them multiply. The psalmist and the, pro, and the uh, prophets always said, he made Israel f- fruitful, he multiplied. Spirit of the Lord came and made them fruitful. Bless the Lord. But listen to what happens then. Um, because obviously God wants us to be fruitful. God gives, gives us all the ability to be fruitful. Because we'll read in a minute, 2 Peter 1. Um, but it, it, again, remember the dependence with the cooperation from us. Uh, Jeremiah 2, Jeremiah 2, 5 to 8. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me? For they have gone afar from me, and have walked after vanity, and have become vain. Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through, and where no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof, and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land, and made mine an heritage of abomination. The priest said not, Where is the Lord? And they that handled the Lord knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal, and walked after things that do not profit. I give you a fruitful land, he said, but you've defiled it. You have uh, made my inheritance an abomination. And he tells us why. He said, the priests don't know me. Those who are handling the law are not handling it correctly. The prophets are prophesying of their own imaginations. Even worse, they're prophesying by a, a, the Baal spirit, the false spirit. And he said, that's what, he said, you can defile the land. I gave you fruitfulness, but there came uh, unfruitfulness. And um, I, Isaiah 5 is another a great chapter where he says, I planted you as a vineyard. And I came to look at the fruit. I was looking for lovely grapes. And what did I find? Poison grapes, he said. Worthless, wild grapes. That's what you produced. Why, he said. And then again, he goes through a list of why. There was injustice. There was violence. There was drinking, drunkenness. There was greed, idolatry. And he lists them all. He said, that's causing that unfruitfulness, that poison. So that's why. He, and of course, remember now, when we become unfruitful, when there's unfruitfulness, as we said, sometimes we underestimate God's heart and God's seriousness. We talked on Sunday about when uh, the, the Ephesians just lost their love, or didn't love, as they left their first love. He said, be careful, I'll take the light from you. And that's how serious it is, you know, that's a serious statement. Taking the light of the gospel, they would just become a religious organisation. The light, the power, the anointing, the grace of God had gone. And, and when Jesus came to that fig tree... And that's all he saw was foliage and no fruit. What did he say? Oh, it's a shame. Curse you! Because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you were created to do. And uh, when he doesn't see fruitfulness, we can see God's heart. Um, And we'll see that in a moment. Let's read um, uh, Luke 3. Luke 3. Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves... 
We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these, from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give one to him who has none, and he who has food, let him do likewise. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, And what shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. See, Christianity is ultimately a change and it's practical it's, it's lived out and that's why in James he said don't tell me you believe your belief is any good if there's no there's no fruit there's no deeds faith without works is dead it isn't the works that save you but it's the works that prove that you're trusting in God that it is, is the outflow um, and he says there show your repentance by your, your fruit there'll be fruit from that there'll be seen and, uh, Manny, and if it isn't, he said, let me tell you, the, the acts, and he goes, yeah, it was John the Baptist talking to the Pharisees, and uh, John certainly didn't pull any, <laughs> any, any, he said, repent, change, and of course, again, then they said, what should we do? And he was ultimately practical, wasn't he? Tax collectors, stop nicking, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. You soldiers, oh, them soldiers love to gamble, didn't they, and extort money from people, stop it, he said. You know, be content with what you have. And so he was ultimately, and he said, by your fruits, your fruit in keeping with repentance. And it's seen. And if it isn't seen, then we've got to challenge where we are, what we are planted in. If there's other, other things in our ground that should not be there, that we need to get from there. And uh, because God wants us to be fruitful. Uh, Matthew 12. Open, make the tree good, and look fruit good. Or else make the tree bad and the fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Rude or vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures bring forth evil things. So again, fruit is just revealing who we are. And that's why it, it can be, it can be uh, looked at. We can look at our lives. We can see where our lives are. We can see if the fruit is there in character. And of course, we look at our calling. Now there should be fruitfulness in our lives and in our ministry. Oh, help us, Lord. Fruitfulness. But of course, uh, he says there, our heart and our words will reveal what our heart is like. And our words reveal, reveal our hearts. And, 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 and fruitfulness, it comes from wickedness and uh, unrestrained wickedness and things that have not been dealt with. Um, and of course, the Bible is always just saying, be careful, be discerning, keep your eyes open, because nothing's changed under the sun. And uh, if you see, let's read Jude, Jude uh, 11 to 13. Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the area of Balaam. For he warred and perished in the gainsaying of Cor. These are spots in your feast of charity, 
when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds that are without water, carried about with winds, trees whose fruit withered, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up with the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness and darkness forever. Again, very clear. Um, again, Jude, Jesus' brother, doesn't give a, a, a date or, or, or a people he's writing to. It's just a general uh, message, similar to 2 Peter, about false teachers coming in. Um, and he said, look, you can see what they are. They have the, all the right words, but there's no fruit. There's no substance. There's nothing that shows and proves that actually they, they're the Lord's. And it's interesting that uh, one of the false teaching was there, which that doesn't change. There's nothing changed under the sun. Uh, that uh, you know you can live as you like because we're under grace. If you, we've all heard that, haven't we? I'm under grace. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and of course, he, he hammers that. He says, "Look, if grace has touched you, you want to live for the Lord. You want to obey Him. You want to follow Him." He said, "That's false grace. That's uh, not." Uh, not grace at all, not fully understanding grace. And of course, as he said, they were, they were wheedling their way in and uh, they were deceitful and, and deceptive. And he said, look, open your, be discerning, be discerning. That's why Matthew 7, some people quote Matthew 7, verse one, judge not, you shall not be judged. But again, again, that's out of context because right in the same chapter, he says, by your fruits, you will recognize them. Yeah, so we, we've got to be <laughs> discerning and when it comes to judging and condemning someone, that's the Lord's business, isn't it? That's the Lord will do that. When it comes to discerning and seeing clearly what people are, we've got to be discerning. And he says, how will you know that? By their fruit. By their fruit. And uh, this is what God will do uh, with unfruitfulness. Of course, we know John 15 says, any branch in me that does bear no fruit, what does he do? Takes it away. Throws it into the fire because it's no good. It's taken up unnecessary nutrients from my life that should not be there that stops me being fruitful and uh, let's read uh, Hebrews 6 7 to 8 for the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed receiveth blessing blessing from God but that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto our cursing whose end is to be burned Interesting, that ground that is fruitful, that's producing useful herbs, it says are useful, it is the ground that's drinking. That's, what does he say? The rain is often coming. God's always ready to pour into our lives, isn't he? The word, the water of his word, Holy Spirit is, is water, and we are, but he's, he said, if you drink it in, you'll produce that which is right. But if thorns and thistles come in, he said, it'll choke the word, and then what happens? It's useless. It's, it's, it's pointless. And, and that's, of course, our soul parable, which, again, is not just salvation. It's about the word that's planted in us, God's word. So either we are careless, first word, isn't it? And the, and the devil comes and takes that word away. We have not listened. We don't, we don't want to listen. Maybe we don't want to listen to a particular teaching because it's going to challenge us. So we, we are careless and it's stolen away. The emotional, well, we, oh, that sounds good. But there's no root. And he says very clearly, there's no root there. He's not actually gone down into your life, the word. And of course, then when a little bit of difficulty comes or when the challenge comes to that particular teaching in your life, what happens? Because it's got no root in us, it has no moisture and it goes. But this third one, which is a really important one, because this is where many of us are and many of us have been. Uh, the word's in us, 
The wood's gone down and it's growing. The wood's growing, but we've not paid attention to the soil and because, because thorns have grown up and choked it. And then it becomes unfruitful. The word choke there means to, to, to uh, get rid of your throat or, or, or by drowning. Um, and uh, that's, I don't know, what the, I don't, that's not a very quick process, they say, but uh, <laughs> it's not very nice. But that's what the, the, the picture is. That those thorns will choke the word so it will be unfruitful, will come to no maturity. And thankfully, the Bible tells us, gives us a few clues about those uh, thorns, the distractions, the cares and the worries of life. Well, we've all got those, haven't we? And uh, again, to a greater or lesser extent, that's one of those things. That's why he says, now, careful. Do not worry. Do not worry. I'm your father. See, and that, that needs to be dug up. Uh, and worry can actually take... Isn't it amazing that we... I've said it before. Worry was like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, but gets you nowhere. Of course it doesn't. It doesn't help at all. The deceitfulness of or the delusion of wealth. Well, thankfully, the older we get, the more we realize that it doesn't matter what you got, it doesn't satisfy, and you can't take it with you. Don't spend it yet, oh, Dad. Um, uh, you can't take it with you. You can leave it behind to someone who's, 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 who will work with it. Deceitfulness of wealth, and we've seen it, haven't we? People have chased after things, and they've lost their way. The desires for other things, the Bible says, Lusts and longings for other things than the word of the Lord or, or following him and serving him. And again, we've been in church all our life. We've seen people started well, but those thorns and there's love for other things. And, and some of those things have not been necessarily bad, but they've, take, they've distracted them and taken them down the road. See, the devil won't come to us sometimes with something horrendous and heinous, will he? Because he knows, oh, I can't do that. But he'll come to us with something that's mm, not, not too bad. Perhaps I can do something for the Lord in this. Ah, oh, the devil's a sneak. And what it does, it takes our energy and our time and it takes us away from what actually God has called us to do. So the desire for other things. Luke also says they go on their own way instead of the way. So again, it's, it's self taking over and digging those up and stopping us being unfruitful. And that's why uh, we'll come to that in a moment. We have to die. So unfruitfulness... Well, how do we combat unfruitfulness? Well, of course, the Bible says that anything of this world, Ephesians 5, fruitless deeds of darkness. They lead to nothing, leave emptiness, barrenness. And, of course, that's what God does not want, barrenness. Um, Titus. Titus uh, 3. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, so that those who are trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because they are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive, divisive person once, and then warn him a second time, after that, have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. Mm -hmm. As soon as I sent Artemis of Titus, here do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenus the lawyer and Apollos on their way, and see that they have everything they need. Mm -hmm. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good, 
in order that it may provide for daily necessities and not live unprofit and unproductive lives. So he, he gives us a pointer there. Be careful to do good works. Careful, it means to be thinking, considering, looking, observant. Um, same as uh, Hebrews where it says, be careful, come together, consider how we may spur one another on to love and what? Good deeds. Good deeds. Why? Because it, there he says, you know, be careful, think about it, in, to engage in good works. Then in verse 14 it says, our people need to learn. It's learned. Because sometimes good works are going to, are going to cost us. We're going to have to go our way. It's going to cost us time and money. And we don't like that. But again, that's the process of dying to me and being a disciple. The word learn there is disciple. Being a disciple must engage, practice, maintain, rule. Let it rule in good works. Why? So it will stop being unfruitful. See, unfruitfulness comes when we're not doing anything. We are not actually doing those good things, those works that the Lord has asked us to do. Ephesians 2, verse 10, we know it, we've learned it before. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for what? To do good works, which he has prepared, already prepared in advance for us to do. We are, we are, saved, we are, we are, we are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. So unfruitfulness can be pushed back by, are we doing that the, the Lord's work. Are we going around seeing needs, speaking and showing and meeting those needs? The Bible says, we read again this verse is one we quote very often, Acts 10 38. God anointed Holy, Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So, one way of stopping ourselves being unfruitful is we are thinking, we are careful, we are learning to do the things that God's asked us to do. And of course, and that's going to be, and again, I'm just reading those, uh, those testimonies of Muller and um, Reese Owls and uh, Captain Booth. And um, let me tell you, when you walk in with the Lord, he's going to ask you to do some things that are going to cost. Difficult things, hard things, but it's for the glory of God. And when, when he came and, and Muller said, uh, when that day when I surrendered him. I died. Mr. He said George Muller died that day and so now it's all about him. It's all about him and doing good works will stop us becoming unfruitful. So let's be a, a, a obedient. Let's look. Let's keep our eyes open. Let's, Lord, what do you want me to do day by day by day? Um, let's read um, 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter 1. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is short-sighted and blind, 
has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Again, how do we stop being unfruitful? What Peter said tells us how he said, "No, you're dilatory." I need to go back to our, about three or four weeks ago. Laziness, diligence, discipline. Make every effort. He say, "Now, come on, earnestness, haste." Make every effort to make sure that you are actually growing. You're adding to your lives. How do we do that? Well, God's given us all that we need. He's given us his word. Holy Spirit is within us. We're just uh, spending time with him. We're building ourselves, you know, praying in tongues. Although, as he said there, now be careful. Pray in tongues. Your, your spirit is getting built up. But be careful to pray with a bit of understanding as well because your mind is it's a little bit unfruitful then, isn't it? So there's a combination there. But he says, be diligent. Add... Everything is God's given you, work it out. Add to the diligence, your, your faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. For if you are increasing in these, and if you have these qualities and they are bounding, it'll stop you. You will not be barren and unfruitful. And again, he says, if we don't have them, this is why. Because we've forgotten the wonder of the gospel. You've forgotten that you've been washed from your past sins. See, keeping that up, uppermost in our mind keeps our hearts right with God, doesn't it? It says, Lord, I love you. <laughs> keeps us in love with him. Keeps us, Lord, what do you want me to do for you? I'm indebted to you. Because when someone's died for you, no one's ever died for us, I think. Uh, uh, no one's ever saved me. I remember again, again taken out by the uh, current once and the guy pushed Pushed me on my Lido later. I was about 10, 11. I couldn't swim very well either. He pushed you back in. Uh, but when someone saved you, that's why he said, keep your, keep your heart clear and, and uh, your focus on him for what you've done. Otherwise, he said, you will uh, be blind, short-sighted, and you've forgotten. You've taken forgetfulness. You've deliberately taken forgetfulness. But he says, make sure you're, you're calling an election. Make it sure in your life. That's why we continually keep our eyes on him. So unfruitfulness. Also, Romans 7. Romans 7. So, my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. For when we are, were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once abound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. So we're dying to be fruitful he says there you died to the old way to your old life your old self so in order that you bear fruit to God uh, we just read it in uh, Paul's prayer wasn't it for the Colossians you live a life worthy of the Lord please him in every way then you will bear fruit in every good work your character conduct that was what bears fruit to the Lord um, we, we know that uh, by this to all men that you know you might disciple if you love one another see the love for the Lord works its way out in obedience to him doesn't it but also in winning the lost because people will see people will see and you see that's when a, a fruitfulness and our calling 
when, what is, what is our, our life actually bearing fruit? We've got to bear fruit personally in our, in our character, haven't we? That's, that's where we, the Lord's really working. But then how is that working out? In our families, in our workplace, in our neighbourhoods. Why aren't we winning people for the Lord? Why isn't our church fruitful? Great questions. Now we've got, the Bible says, now be faithful. Faithfulness produces fruitfulness. But we've got to ask those questions because God said, I want you to be fruitful. So we must ask ourselves those questions. And they, they're really one and the same. They're not separate. We're obedient. We're loving him. And, of course, people are seeing that and we are winning people for the Lord. And God's looking for that. He's longing for that. He's looking at our lives, isn't he? Luke 13, when he comes to the fig tree. Again, of course, the fig tree is just a symbol, a metaphor for Israel, of course. But the principle is the same. He goes to the fig tree. He says, the guy, you're looking after this vineyard of mine. He said, three years I've come for this tree. Nothing's on it. He said, cut it down. And the husband man says, wait a minute now. He said, give me, give me one more. Year. Let's feed it. Let's, let's put all our efforts into it. He said, and see if it, if it doesn't produce by next year, cut it down. And um, God doesn't want us to do that with us. He wants us to be fruitful in everything, in our character and in our calling. We must be absolutely faithful. Um, thankfully, it's God's work. God produces fruit, but we must stay in him, doing the work, be diligent, asking ourselves, what are we doing to make ourselves fruitful? But then 1 Corinthians 3, 6-9. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labour. For we are labourers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, we are God's building. So there's... God brings in, God produces fruit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit we can't produce because it's the fruit of the Spirit. But without our cooperation, that we will not be fruitful because the Bible is very clear. He's put everything within us, but he says, work it out. Be diligent. Be fruitful. Look for the opportunities. See the opportunities. And you see, one plants, one waters. God is the one who saves. But be careful that we don't... See, someone is... It's amazing that some someone generally doesn't get saved by the first person who talked to them, do they? You, if you talk to them, someone along the path has just been, one person has said something, one person has just dropped a word in, someone has just said, oh yeah, I'll be praying for you. So, and and there's, a, there's a chain. God is working. And so that's why he said, we're one. One planted, one watered. So be careful, you don't miss out. And we, so often we say to us, oh, perhaps someone else will do that. We've done it, haven't we? Perhaps someone else will say that. Perhaps someone else will do that. And we've that poem, anybody, nobody, somebody, and uh, nobody ends up doing somebody's work. And anybody could have done it, of course, but nobody does. Um, but God wants fruitfulness. And, and Paul's prayer for the people of God was to bear fruit, character, and in their calling. Bless the Lord. And he said in Colossians 1, we just read it, the gospel is bearing fruit around the world. Thankfully it is. It is bearing fruit. Why? Because it's the word of the Lord. It's a seed. Um, Philippians 1 says this. This is my prayer that your, uh, again, Paul's prayer. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight. See, when we understand God's love for us, that's why the real motivation 
is not fruitfulness, is not winning people, it's not this or that, it's ministry, it's love for him. See, that's our prime motivation is loving the Lord. If, if, if it doesn't come from that, we will give up, we will give in, we will become proud. And goodness knows a lot of things. That's why he said, said to Peter, remember, do you love me, Peter? Not, not are you going to do my work? Do you, or as someone said the other day, do you love my sheep? Didn't say that. Do you love me? Do you love me? Because when we love him, he'll keep us. And our motivation is, is right and is, is, is not warped. And not, not, that's why he said, be careful about what you put there. Not, not a young and naive, someone young, because they're not secure yet. They're not loving me with all their hearts. They've not gone through the things they should have gone maybe through. This is my prayer that you love me, grow more and more knowledge and depth inside, so that you'll be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, bringing him glory and praise. You see, as we said, fruitfulness is what God uh, has commanded from creation. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion in your life. That's what he's talking about, isn't he? Fruitfulness here, replenish, have dominion, be in charge, be in rule, that the enemy have any way, any sway. Have dominion, that's the creation blessing. Yet we have got to play our part by doing those good works which God has prepared for us, by adding, by adding, by adding, by being planted in him and making sure that we are uh, fruitful. And asking ourselves, Lord, my fruitfulness, and, and we've talked about this before, my character, my patience, the fruit of the nine, nine fruit, we can read about those, don't we? We can see those in front of us, but also in our, in our calling, in our winning the lost. Lord, help us. It's a challenge, isn't it? When was that last time we... Maybe when was the last time we witnessed, but when, certainly when was the last time we led someone to the Lord? Or, or, or we're sort of uh, part of that process of bringing someone. Lord, help us. Why? Because God wants us to be fruitful in our ministry, what God has called us to do in our good works. So help us tonight. Lord, help us not to be unfruitful. That's not what God wants. God's desire, God's heart, God's uh, plan for us is to be fruitful and multiply and increase uh, reading David, he said, Lord, uh, one of his uh, songs, Lord, when I trusted you, when I put my hope in you, when I praise you, you brought me to a, you enlarged the territory under my feet. You, you broadened the highway. It's a beautiful picture when we trust in God, how he opens up and uh, fruitfulness is before us. Oh, so help us, Lord, again. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.